Welcome to the Generous Business Owner Podcast, where business owners gain inspiration and encouragement to live a legacy, not just leave one. And now your hosts, Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Welcome, everybody, to the Generous Business Owner Podcast. My name is Jeff Thomas, one of the co-hosts. And if you've been wondering, when the intro, it says that Alan Barnhart is one of the co-hosts. And why you haven't heard his voice, perhaps, in a few episodes? Well, there's a very good reason for that. And Alan has joined us today. Alan, say hello to the people. Hey, glad to be back. Okay, I'm not going to spoil the surprise. It's just going to be me and Alan today because Alan is going to tell us all where he has been for the past few months. Alan, welcome back. Tell us where you've been. Oh, man, I've had a great adventure. Yeah, I've worked for the same company for 40 years. And uh, this year, I was able to take a four-month sabbatical, and I, uh, I hiked the Appalachian Trail. So I, I came off and on the trail a few times for work meetings and things, but I was on the trail for about 120, 121 days. Wow. And uh, I hiked about 2,200 miles from Georgia to Maine. And it was a great adventure and a lot. It was, I wouldn't put it in the fun category. It was hard, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a great adventure, a great experience. Okay. Great. We'll take great adventure. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I'm sure there were a few fun moments along the way. Uh, we were just talking before we started recording about some of the things you learned, but there's so many elements to this, right? The physical, the interactions with people, the time alone, all of these kind of things. Maybe start with uh, some of the physical challenges. You kind of did lead us into a little bit of that, but, you know, how long it was and how far it was. But, you know, we're, we're recording this on Zoom, although we're only releasing the, the audio. But I heard through the grapevine, this is the first time I've seen you in a while, but it looks like you lost a little weight. Is that, is that true? I did. I lost uh, about 20 pounds. Wow. You know, as you're hiking, I, I was averaging normally around 20 miles a day. And, and you're doing a lot of up and down. When you finish the AT, it would be like hiking from sea level to the top of Mount Everest and back down 16 wow. times. Whoa. Yeah, so it's a lot of up and down. And uh, you lose a lot of weight. You burn, yeah. You're burning five or 6,000 calories a day. And so you got to, you, and you can't carry that much. I mean, the right. food that you're, you're carrying everything in your pack. Um, my pack weighed about 16 or 17 pounds plus food and water. And so mm. when I was full of food, it may be over 30 pounds and you just, but you can't carry 40 pounds. You can't carry a, a, you know, a huge amount of food. And so you, uh, you lose weight as you're on the trail. And then when you get to town, you eat a lot of food. And <laughs> I might eat seven or 8,000 calories in a day when I go to into a town that has a grocery store. Yeah. And, uh, and that's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fun. I went to a Chinese buffet one time and stayed for over three hours. <laughs> so I, can, I got my $10 worth. You got your there. money's worth. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, so anyway, it's, yeah, physically it's, it's, um, pretty rigorous. You, you, you have a lot of weather issues, you know, you're out there and when it rains, you get rained on. And, uh, right. when it gets cold, you get cold. And we had, uh, you know, the different parts of the trail are all quite different. Some areas are relatively easy hiking and some areas are really difficult. And when you get up in New Hampshire and Maine, 
you're climbing up very steep trails and you go from two miles an hour to maybe a half a mile an hour as you're just clawing your way up these mountains. And then, and the worst part is coming back down super steep down areas that are to a degree dangerous. And uh, I fell yeah. a whole bunch. Wow. I broke seven uh, hiking poles on my trip, wow. mostly, mostly during falls. I got really wet multiple times. And, uh, and people listening probably think, why on earth would anybody do this? You know, but you know, I think doing hard things does something for you is mm-hmm. a good thing. And so the, really some of the things that were the most difficult are the most memorable and the most interesting. I mean, New Hampshire and Southern Maine were beautiful and really difficult and, and probably my favorite sections on the trip. So, wow. Yeah. So talk about some of the other things. Now you're talking, now there's a lot of time you're hiking just by yourself, right? Time to think. And when we were talking about how you're anonymous and stuff like that. So to me, some of that is related, you know, a lot of time to kind of reflect and that kind of thing when you're running a big company like you are. I mean, there's probably not a lot of quiet time in your life otherwise. Yeah. How was that for you? Wonderful. That really? was that was a highlight of being able to just be out there by myself. I learned that I'm an amazingly good singer when I'm totally by myself. <laughs> and I would just belt out uh, hymns and every all the songs yeah. I could remember because <laughs> right. uh, there's nobody there to hear me. Right. Nobody there to critique you. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was wonderful. A lot of time to pray. And yep. just to think, and then little chance interactions with people as you go along. Someone join you, meet you on the trail, and you may talk for 10 minutes and uh, get to know a person. And it's when you're on the trail, um, conversations go deep relatively quickly. And so it's kind of fun to have those conversations with people that don't know you from Adam. You don't, yeah. I used, uh, I used a trail name, everybody does. And so nobody knows who you are. And you just, and I wouldn't typically tell them my life story. I would just, uh, we would just talk about, you know, uh, we talk about the trail, but also talk about faith, talk about people that we've met on the trail. Yeah, I, we often would, you know, if somebody would want to know what I do, I would often tell them I'm an engineer. There you go. And so it was uh, a great, a great experience. So tell us about some of the maybe anecdotes of, of, of conversations that you had that maybe you wouldn't have had in, in a different situation or something you learned from or. Yeah. You know. A lot of people are very open to speaking about their faith journey. That's one of the things I would ask. I, I hiked with a Buddhist monk for three days and I, I basically learned that Buddhism is not a religion. It's a, it's a philosophy and there's not a God involved at all. And, and they don't, you know, truth is not something that is part of their thinking, you know, an absolute truth or trying to really understand. It, it's more of a, a philosophy of, of living. It, uh, and so I got exposed to a lot of different people. Most, a lot of people, their view of God was basically, I would say a God that they're creating, that, that uh, they want God to be a certain way, loving, Everybody goes to heaven except Hitler and maybe a few others, maybe Putin. And uh, it was very interesting to, to just listen and then ask them, where did you get that? What makes you think that? And the, the shallowness of their thinking about their, their faith was really interesting. And I think 
So rather than try to talk them into what I believe, I would just challenge what they believe. And, and then if they wanted to hear what I believed, I would tell them. I used the trail name Wilberforce. And no one, very few people had ever heard of William Wilberforce. They, as I gave them the name, they couldn't, thought I had mispronounced it or whatever. And so I was able to tell the story of William Wilberforce probably two or 300 times over the time on the hike. And the story is a story of a guy who Wilberforce was a British guy in 17, born in 1760, rich guy, got in parliament at age 21, very successful, personable, but had a shallow faith or no faith. And then at age 26, he went, he met Jesus and, and in a radical way and committed his life to God. He thought that he would probably be, that would mean he would leave parliament and become a pastor. And he, he went to, to see a family. He actually wrote letters to people in parliament, including his best friends saying he was probably going to get out of parliament and told them about his conversion experience. And he went to see John Newton, who was a family friend. John Newton had been a pastor for years, but prior to that, he had been a slave ship captain and Newton had delivered 20,000 slaves to the West Indies and committed atrocities and had repented of that years before and wrote the song Amazing Grace. And then, and usually as I'm telling the story and I bring up Amazing Grace, all of a sudden people say, oh, heard of that. That, yeah. that I can relate to. Yeah. And, uh, and how Newton basically encouraged him that he, that he didn't need to become a pastor, that God could use him right where he was. And which resonated with me as I looked at my life. Right. To, and so I, uh, Wilberforce then stayed in parliament for a total of 50 years wow. and was the primary driver behind the, the elimination of initially the slave trade after 20 years of trying. And then after 50 years of trying, eliminating of slavery in the British empire. And he wasn't the only one fighting that fight, but he was the, the leader of that fight. And, uh, just an amazing story. He died with no money but a tremendous legacy of having both ended slavery, but also changed people's mind about other human beings and how everyone is created by God and has dignity and bears the image of God. And that to treat human beings badly, to be cruel to a human being or to treat them as subhuman is itself taken away from your humanity. And it was we all would kind of agree with that today, but in his time, that was not a given. That was people from India or people from Africa were a completely different level. And he, or even poor people or widows or orphans, you know, had a very difficult life. And he fought to put things in place to make their life better, but also to convince people that they needed to treat everyone as a human being. And it it changed the thinking. I tell people on the trail that he was the number two social reformer of all time. Mm. And uh, which would tend to beg the question, Who's who was one? number one? You'd be amazed how rarely people ever ask that question. I, really? I, I bet not 10 times out of two or 300. Did anybody ask who the number one was? Of course, number one was Jesus. Who right. Changed everything for women, for children, for religion, for servant leadership, for on and on and on, you know, changed the world. But uh, so anyway, I got to got to tell that Wilberforce story many times, and, and it has a parallel in my life. I'm, I'm no Wilberforce, but uh, God did change me in some ways. And I was going down the wrong path and a relatively evil person. And, and God changed me. And and now I'm trying to live my life in response to that. 
and and so that that I was sort of able to give personal testimony to God's work in my life that paralleled uh, God's work in the life of Wilberforce, who was just a tremendous thing. And I mean, he was he was a famous guy. I mean, Abraham Lincoln quoted him all the time. He knew Ben Franklin. He knew. I mean, he was he was a guy that was really famous in his day, and now he's been totally forgotten, even though he led a a movement that changed the world. Well, one thing that you mentioned earlier was that, uh, you know, you, you'd have these spiritual conversations with people. And I'm sure that would obviously, that was a great entree. Like, hey, what's your name? And you tell that story. And well, we know where we're going. They know where you want to go as a spiritual discussion. And you were talking about how people kind of create their own God with characteristics they want. It was interesting because when you first told me that, I thought, oh, you mean they make something else a God. But what I thought was interesting is it sounds like the people you were meeting were open to a spiritual discussion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not like they were hostile. Is that, is that a fair characterization? Yeah, I'd say most was maybe half at least were. And I would ask permission. I'd even ask right. permission about the, the Wilberforce story. I'd say yeah, he was an amazing guy. Would you like to hear his story? And right. the vast majority did want to hear, hear his story. And, you know, it, I, so it was, I'm not some really great evangelist that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting, you know, getting every conversation to right, right. the presentation of the gospel. But I, you know, I was able to many times get into the gospel in depth with people because they were open. And I think people are, were, who are on the trail, if, if I met that same person in their hometown, they would probably be much less open to that kind of a conversation. So I know we don't have too long on this podcast, so I, I just, what are two or three things? I mean, that's, that's an experience very few people have had or will have, you know? And I know that you're, like you said, you've been grinding at work for 40 years. So I know that was a big deal for you. Now, I know you have a passion for the outdoors and camping and hiking and all those kind of things. So it's pursuing that passion. But that is a different level, man. That's different from a weekend or even a week away camping. Yeah. What are some of your key takeaways, maybe expectations versus reality, or, you know, we've got these business owners listening, you know, just encouragement on, on some things that you learned. Yeah, I, I think getting quiet was, was a great benefit. And I, I had things to do all the time. You know, you're walking constantly. Yeah. But, but that doesn't gobble up your, your brain time. And so exactly. you have time to think and time to pray and time to listen to God. And I'm not very good at that. And that, that was one of the things I was working on is trying to listen to God. And, and I heard God say multiple things to me, uh, obviously not audibly, but, but I, I would write them down and I would think, hmm. you know, so I, I uh, it's, which is not an experience I allow. It's, it's something I could do now, but somehow being on the trail and being away. And I think that would apply for, for me, it's applied for a weekend or for, you know, two day or for a half an hour in the woods. There's something about being in the woods and in nature that, that really helps that. Yeah. I mean, I'm on a, uh, we've, we've had uh, Jim DeBose on this and he's a friend of mine from growing up who now leads a foundation for the national parks. And we kind of have a trade where uh, you know, I do very little uh, on his board, but we trade it uh, where he gives me experiences in nature that I would never have otherwise. Because 
I was just thinking yesterday, it's ironic we're having this conversation because yesterday I think I was in the office for 12 hours. I mean, and I was like, I got to get outside. It's beautiful yeah. outside, I, you know? And so I have a tendency to be just, you know, grinding it out and not enough time in nature. So I think that's a great encouragement just to spend time in nature, listen to God. Anything else you would share? I think finding ways to get around a different demographic than you're normally around was really interesting. I met so many people that were so different than me. I remember sitting around a campfire with two gals that were foul mouth, hot smoking lesbians. And we spent, they weren't together. Actually, they were both married to other women or whatever. And we spent two hours around this fire, just laughing and enjoying each other. And so being around people that are so different. And I had read a book before I went on the trip called unoffendable. And it just talks about how we should never, we should be very slow to take offense at people because we don't know their story. We don't know what brought them to this point. And, uh, you know, God can see clearly and we cannot see clearly. He hasn't asked us to dish out wrath typically or to, or even to judge. And so I just, everyone I met, no matter how many tattoos they had or how many, you know, or how vulgar their language was or whatever, I just enjoyed them and uh, tried to be, you know, I didn't, I didn't have to become like they were for us to enjoy each other. And so I think to find ways to get around a different demographic occasionally, and especially when you can do it anonymously, when you're out there, the trail was so nice because I didn't even use my name, you know, just use the trail name and everybody else did too. And just allowed me to be around human beings that were different than me. And I learned from them and, and I hope they learned some from me. And especially in this age of where everybody, you know, I, we all think of politics when, we, when I think of not listening to, to people different, I, unfortunately, I think about politics. I'm not a super political person, but, but I know that, you know, that, that stuff is so ter can tear us apart if we're not careful. And I think, uh, you know, I think listening to the, to people that are different from us, not just politically, but in every way expands our minds, but, but it takes that listening. So there's, the, the one word that I'm taking away from this uh, conversation is, is, is the listening piece. And so, hey, maybe we do that to close. Uh, you know, we've been closing with just like one practical tip that somebody uh, riding the uh, stationary bike listening to us can use tomorrow. What would it be, you think? Yeah, I think listen's a good, a good practical tip. Take, some, take a few minutes. It's, it's hard to do. It is. You would think it's easy. It's hard I'm to not good at it. focused and listening. Probably a few minutes isn't enough, but 30 minutes probably would be sufficient. And to just listen and say, God, what do you what do you want to be telling me right now? And uh, I think that would be a that was a highlight for me. Well, well, thank you, Alan, so much for uh, sharing that story. That's just really that's a once in a lifetime deal and uh, probably on a lot of people's bucket list, but few are able to pull it off. I mean, it takes a long time for one thing. Oh. Yeah, four four months of life doing it, and some people take six or eight months to do it. But yeah, but, uh, it's also something that a lot of people are doing a week at a time. Okay, and, and that's you know I, I I do that with some friends, do a week each each year. And okay, so it it's not an, you don't have to do the whole Appalachian Trail to benefit from it. Well, a great encouragement, and uh, and we're I know everybody's happy to have you back. Uh, we missed you. So we're happy to have you back. And, uh, and you look great and refreshed. And uh, 
I know everybody uh, who listens to this is uh, anxious to hear you back on the podcast as well. So welcome back, my friend, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, bro. Thanks for listening to the Generous Business Owner Podcast with Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find the guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.